Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Thursday, it is 6 o'clock. It is Morning Jocks. Jocks 94.5, Landrum Roberts. That is Damian Mitchell. Hope you're doing well. Here on this Thursday, February 23rd of 2023. As always, my esteemed colleague, Damian Mitchell, D, what up? What's happening, my brother? How we feeling? Just rolling along, man. Rolling along. Yep. How about the uh, about the old two TV, Auburn and Alabama, both playing at the same time? Yeah. Not my favorite. It's not. To be honest with you. It is not my favorite, having to rotate the head, but that's first world problems, right? Exactly. Like, there, there are people that would... Love to have multiple Pe- People like to have clean drinking water, D. That is true. That is true. So we need to be thankful, right? Not not the time <laughs> to complain. No, not at all. Uh, for sure. We will get into stuff that happened on the hardwood last night, stuff that happened off of the hardwood last night. But it is a Thursday of thanks. And how about the folks up in Chestnut Hill, courtesy of our friends at Bally Sports. Here was the call, the madness that ensued. And a good thing, this is not in the state of Florida. He holds on to it. It's all over. Torch Durbin time in Chestnut Hill. What a game by Boston College. And look at that atmosphere, Bob. What a game. What a what a win for Earl Grant and his Boston College program. Yeah, you should have seen it. It was magical. It was just a sea of whatever color that is for BC and gold. That red and gold. We'll call it red. Yeah, Boston College, 63-48 over number six, Virginia. Virginia trying to push for possibly the one line. 21-5 and now, 13-4 and in conference play, but they go cold. Boston College, their first win over a top 10 since 2017. They've got three wins over ranked teams this year, but Earl Grant and the Eagles, 14-15, and 8-10 and in ACC play, but a huge, huge win and could be a devastating loss when it comes to resume and seeding. For Virginia, so they're thankful today. Even though NIT, they'd be lucky to get there, but Boston oh. College <laughs> maybe on their way back. They did their due diligence last night. Yeah, certainly a lot of headlines to get to. We'll get to them now. This is the Rip and Read. Morning Jocks presents Rip and Read. So, with everything that we went through. Yesterday, and we discussed the revelations from the preliminary hearing that took place in the Capitol murder trial there in Tuscaloosa. Brandon Miller, it was a question, would Brandon Miller play? Not only last night, but what was his future with the Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, it was announced prior to the game that he would play. He was in Columbia, South Carolina. He would suit up for the Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, glad that Brandon Miller did. While he was there, I don't know how many other Alabama players were there inside of Colonial Life. Alabama, just to give you an idea, they were stone cold from the field. First 10 threes they missed, with the exception of Brandon Miller. And that was pretty much the theme all night. Brandon Miller goes career high last night. How about that? 41 points. Pretty good. 
Six of 13 from outside the arc. What's impressive about that? Alabama was seven of 27. So he made six of the seven threes that Alabama knocked down last night in an overtime win over South Carolina that you could argue was the worst team. Maybe not the worst. Neck and neck. Uh, Ole Miss some nights. I'll, I'll give but, LSU some nights, but South Carolina. Like for the most part. They, they've been jockeying for bad. that last spot. <laughs> yeah. 78-76, Alabama the win in overtime. Charles Bediaco, the only other Alabama player to reach double digits. He had 10 points. So, Damian, uh, I would say that if if there was any kind of sanctuary for Brandon Miller, any kind of es- escape, that would be the escape last night. Absolutely. Just going out there and doing what he does. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and the way that he went about it. I mean, it was – he was a man on a mission, and – he looked more locked in than than usual, and I think that he wanted to put it. I think he wanted to send a message of like, "Listen, I've overcome a lot of adversity this week. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of hearsay, a lot of things that he wanted to get just get out. And like you said, if this was the the place to get it all out, um, he did exactly that. Uh, just the way that he played, just within the system. I mean, there was a shot. It felt like every shot that he shot was going in. Um, he's driving to the lane, just handling business. And then when he, when he locked in, it was over with, if he had any sort of just help from around, around it, it would have been a different ball game, but he willed his team to a victory last night. And I mean, just absolutely like that dunk he had in the first half. Oh, I mean, he plays like a grown man. Nate Oates after the game, commenting on his star freshman's performance. I mean, he's one of the most mentally tough kids I've ever coached so not surprised I mean 41 points you don't want to say you expect that but not surprised he came ready to play and played well tonight that indeed the 41 points mentioned the shooting what he was able to do Nate Oates also on the rest of the team and with everything going on if they were distracted it's hard to say we've been in you know the Vanderbilt game came after that and it it may have been. I mean, if I want to make an excuse for him, we can use it. But I'm not really a guy that makes too many excuses. We got to play better. Some of those other guys didn't play up to their typical performance. So, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. It, it obviously could have been a distraction, but you know, Brandon showed up, played pretty well. So I, I think, you know, it may have just been coincidental. I don't know. We'll, we'll hopefully, we play a lot better Saturday. We need everybody to play a little bit better Saturday for us. All right, so you heard Nate Oates there, yeah, uh, the rest of the team. And, and Damien, I'm not making excuses either. Um, you would have thought that this was a, a perfect recipe for Alabama, maybe. And I didn't think the game would go to overtime. And quite frankly, I, I didn't think it would be that close. No, I thought that that line was pretty hefty given everything. And you just wonder, you know you're playing a team going in that was 10-17. and 17. They were 3-11 and 11 in conference play. That you know they're not good. You know how good you are. I think last night was the perfect recipe for going in and I don't know, maybe not being as dialed in, maybe not being as focused as as you typically are. Right, and you know, like you said, dealing with all this stuff that happened in the span of you know three days or so. When you look at the way Alabama performed, it seemed like the one person that was kind of in the middle of it was able to block everything out, but then the rest of the team just couldn't couldn't find their shots, just was cold in different situations. Um, 
And I mean, as a teammate, you would think, okay, if I'm watching this guy that's in the thick of this go out and just handle his business, then I have to elevate my game as well. But you didn't really see that. And like you said, it was it was a perfect recipe for it to be a disaster. And we, we have a conversation this morning of, okay, how can this team finish? Now it's, okay, we know who the best player on the team is, but there's no question about it. It's everybody else continuing to play their roles and also elevate now that you're getting towards that the the real part of the schedule. Randall texts in on the show, 205-834-9450. He asks the questions, how did the assists look for the rest of the team? Not great. Just throw it out there. Mark Sears had two assists. Uh, Jaden Bradley had three. You had Burnett with two and Quinterly with two. Brandon Miller had one. So 10 total assists for Alabama last night. And again, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Alabama only 17 of 25 from the line at 68%. They shot 43.5% from the floor. Meanwhile, South Carolina, 9 of 21 from outside, but only 7 of 13 from the free throw line. So Alabama gets to win. Nate Oates also took time to lead off the press conference, not making any excuses about the midday press conference he had made two days prior when asked about Brandon Miller. Before we get into the game, just want to address yesterday's press conference and my response to the Brandon Miller question. I'm not here to make excuses, but I want to make it clear that I didn't have the details from the hearing that morning since I was coming straight from practice. And I used a poor choice of words, making it appear like I wasn't taking this tragic situation seriously, which we have throughout the course of it. I sincerely apologize for that. I know Greg shared some information earlier today on the situation. I don't really have anything more to add other than what he's already shared. By the way, coming up at 625, you're going to hear in-depth Greg Byrne and his sit-down yesterday prior to Alabama's overtime win in Columbia, South Carolina. So for the Tide, yep, you heard Nate Oates hopefully play better Saturday. They're going to host Arkansas. Hogs coming in, team that they beat in Bud Walton earlier in the season. One o'clock the tip inside of Coleman Coliseum in the game there on ESPN2. So once again, Athletic Director Greg Byrne, more from him coming up at 625. Meanwhile, it was a must win for Auburn. Absolute win. Huge game for Bruce Pearl. You can't fall to an Ole Miss team. And again, at times, it's fought South Carolina for that last spot in the SEC. Like Who's going to be... Not that they play bad. Ole Miss, you give it to Kermit Davis. They come out, they compete. They, they do. They don't ever throw in the towel. They play hard. And just games get out of hand. Like, they do. <laughs> they games just get, out a little, get a little out of hand. They lack a little bit in the talent side. Right. But they're tough. They're, they're Ole Miss, to me, their schedule, like their record isn't really, doesn't really tell the whole story because some games it's, you know, they may have a two- or three-minute stretch where they just go cold and it kind of just expands. But for the most part, they keep themselves within a puncher's chance at times. Here's an example. Uh, if I can draw a comparison to college football, Ole Miss this year would be the equivalent, I, I would say, Nebraska football for the past couple of years. They're in games. You go through their schedule and their results, and it's like, well, they lost by three here. They lost okay. by seven here. They lost by four here. Okay. You know what? They're coming out. They're competitive. 
but they just don't win games. That's fair. It's actually a good comparison. It's actually a good comparison. Good, good job. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't, even, I didn't go 90s Nebraska. No, man. you didn't. Nebraska that you actually <laughs> like, recognize. I, I, I see you. <laughs> right? All right so, so Bruce Pearl and Auburn, what happened last night? Well, they got a big output from Wendell Green Jr. Wendell Green Jr. leading all the scores with 24 points. Janai Broom, they got a big output from him. Not a double-double, but Janai Broom goes for 19. He does have eight rebounds. Had six blocks last night, D. Also, Jalen Williams had 12. Allen Flanagan with 11. Zepp Jasper with five, one of those a three-pointer. So look at scoring distribution there. And we saw what happened against Vanderbilt. You had five and five from Wendell Green Jr. and Allen Flanagan, right? But Janai Broom, 19. Jalen Williams, 12. Wendell Green Jr., 23. Allen Flanagan, 11. That kind of scoring distribution that certainly helped last night. You had a big lead, a double-digit lead. Ole Miss was able to take the lead late, but then it was Janai Broom kind of taking over. Auburn, Getting the win, seventy-eight to seventy-four. The Tigers improved to nineteen and nine, nine and six in conference play. They traveled to Rupp Arena to take on Kentucky on Saturday. But Damian, you talk about devastation. That was that would have been lights down. Good night, everybody. Leave. Yeah. Shut the theater doors. The show is over for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three for Bruce Pearl. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to recover from this one if you would have lost. Absolutely not. So after the game, of course, Coach Bruce Pearl. On Ole Miss and what he thought about the performance. Ole Miss is a good team with a bad SEC record. It's a good basketball team. Nebraska. The could play for anybody. Brakefield play for anybody. Um, you know, Kid Burns is a heck of an athlete. The young guards are pretty good. Kermit does a great job. You know, you take that Ole Miss team, you put them in a good league, not a great league, and they're in a, a good SEC, not a great SEC, and they're in the middle of the league. But the last couple of years have been really, this league's been something else. We'll miss the rival, too. And we play them twice. And uh, I think I think we beat them twice last year, beat them twice this year. So beating Ole Miss four times in a row, that's, that's significant. Last thing I'll say is, you know, it's hard to beat the team. It's hard to beat all the teams you're supposed to beat. Um, and this team has come pretty close to that, pretty close to that. So... Now let's see if we if we can somehow play better down the stretch and beat some of the best teams on the schedule. There it is. Teams you're supposed to beat. Georgia, that stands out on the road. Team you're supposed to beat. You lost by double digits. Throw out another one. That would have been Vanderbilt. I think that's safe to say. Yes, yes. Still a team you're supposed to beat. Supposed to. And I'm trying to think. Any other teams that they were supposed to beat in conference play? That's the thing. They they pretty much held serve, like he said. Yeah. You got the win over Arkansas. You got the win over Missouri, Mississippi State. That's a good win. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of close losses. And maybe they can change that in the next three games at Kentucky, at Alabama, mm. and then you get Tennessee. Feel better about that game, maybe. Well, because it's at home, yeah, I guess naturally. But of all the three teams and how they're playing right now, maybe feel better about that matchup, just regardless of where the game's played. Yeah. And maybe the fact that we saw 46-43 and right, right. we set basketball back two generations. Right, and it's and that's the thing. These last three games, if you would have asked me maybe two weeks ago, I would say probably Kentucky and Rupp, but just because they were still trying to figure things out. 
But now it's kind of okay. Kentucky is starting to they're handling business. Yeah, they are. They're like, okay, no, okay. So, sorry for Kentucky. the disrespect. Like, yep. sorry for the disrespect, but y'all are starting to make some waves. Alabama, nah, don't think that's. I don't think that's going to be a game. And then go to Tennessee. It's it's the Jekyll of Hyde of both teams. It's what team is going to show up? It's, is it the Tennessee that messes around and lights people up, or the one that throw bricks at the rim all the time? And like you said, we have a a part two. Of one of the worst basketball, one of the worst shooting basketball games we've seen in a long time, for sure. More from Bruce Pearl. We talked about the starters and the scoring distribution, with the exception of Zepp Jasper, who had five. Everybody else in double digits. But what about the bench? Katie Johnson's been big coming off the bench lately. Leor Berman providing some of that help. Here's Coach Pearl. But we need we need more from our bench. You win games at the end by getting stops and getting the foul line. That's how you win games. We talked about it. We did a good job with that. Um, Wendell was terrific closing out. Yeah, then Chennai made some really big shots and some really big plays. Had some big blocks. Just an incredible stat sheet. Um, Al, Al, you know, did a lot of things to help him impact winning. You know, rebound the ball, made some big shots. Um, had a good... You know, pretty good assist turnover ratio, especially in the first half. Um, you had five assists. I mean, just um, Jalen Williams was solid. Um, and we did a great job, you know, from the foul line. So Auburn takes on Kentucky coming up on Saturday. Speaking of Kentucky, they were in Gainesville last night. Kentucky gets it done. 82-74. Of course, Colin Castleton lost for the Gators for the season. But Oscar Shibway goes... For 25 points, 12 of 13 from the field. So Kentucky now in third place in the SEC. Auburn needed them to lose. But those two teams will face off on Saturday, 19-9 and overall and 10-5 and in conference play. Three wins in a row at Mississippi State, Tennessee this past Saturday at Rupp, and then on the road at Florida. Now Kentucky with... Auburn at home, you get Vandy at home, and they travel to Bud Walton to take on Arkansas to close out the season. But right now, Kentucky, uh, depending on what bracketologist or bracket that you look at, eight, nine seed, and probably where they'll fall. Maybe they could speak, sneak to a seven, but I think securely on the eight line is probably what Kentucky's looking at. Are you are you starting to lean more that Kentucky's starting to figure it out? Do you think they could make something shake in the in the comp, in the tournament? NCAA tournament? Yeah. It just depends on matchups. I, I think that Kentucky's one of those teams can get to a Sweet 16. Just off just, of the talent they have. Like, yeah. If you just look at the roster, it's, okay, this team should be competing at least in the Sweet 16. Like, yeah. at the bare minimum. But there is, like, what we what I saw in stretches, especially in that Tennessee game, is, you know, at one point they were up by 20 points. And they are playing pretty good ball. And Tennessee was able to cut into that lead. But still, you're, you're leading that Tennessee team by 20 points. That's impressive. Right. Even at Rupp. So I do think they got the capability. They have the capability to get to the Sweet 16. But I think that's their ceiling. I think Auburn, even, you know, depending on matchups, I'm not saying they couldn't be one and done. But like they're. But in the NCAA tournament, I think their ceiling would be a Sweet 16 as well. And that would be a hell of an achievement for both of those programs. Yeah. Especially for Kentucky, just discussing how how it looked beforehand, how it looked going into the season and mid at the midway point, you're like, ooh, is, it like, is this Kentucky like this is what Oscar Chibway decided to come back to? And 
now it's okay. They're figuring some based, out. Based on what I've seen from the SEC, you can, you can disagree if you want, but I think that with the exception of Alabama getting to the Sweet 16 for any of the other teams, and right now some are projecting that the SEC gets eight teams in, with the exception of Alabama, the Sweet 16 and just making the Sweet 16, that's that's a bonus. That's a hang of banner. That's a be proud. Yeah. Other than Alabama. No, I agree. Alabama. Everybody. It's all about matchups. We've already stated it on the show at full strength. Final four. We expect you there in Houston. And again, like I'm backing off that. Right. No, 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 no. Crimson chaos. No, I'm all with RTR. Okay. Um, I think Tennessee is just that wild card. Tennessee and Arkansas to me are just those wild cards. And I would throw Texas A&M in there too, because of how they've been playing since conference tournament uh, conference play has started. But Tennessee, off of what they have and their talent, and at the peak of how they play, they could make an Elite Eight run. Like I feel like their their ceiling is like the Elite Eight. I don't think they're a Final Four team. But also with Rick Barnes, it's there's no there could be no surprise they get knocked out the first weekend. And I I get what you're saying. Like I just think that the the question marks for everybody else in the SEC outside of Alabama are are so big that you really don't have confidence in them making it making it really far. And like you said, it's all about matchups and things, but from what we've seen and what we've seen in conference play, it's really outside of Alabama, who could be the the team that could potentially make a SEC an eight, elite eight run, final four. Like I don't think there's a Cinderella in the SEC. No. But then again, I never I never saw South Carolina the year that they got to the final four making True. that run of the final four. I mean, Missouri at times they can shoot the ball really well. Yeah. Arkansas, no, I'm yeah. not. I'm not believing in them. I know where I'm with Tennessee. I just think that there's too many deficiencies with that team. Seen enough. But right now, you look at the SEC standings, and when it comes to the conference tournament, trying to get that double by Alabama in first place, of course, at 14 and one in conference play. Texas A&M at 13 and two. Kentucky now in third place, sole possession of third at 10 and five. You have Auburn and Tennessee now tied for fourth. Vanderbilt with a loss that hurts them in the conference standings last night. So we got three more regular season games, and then we'll get the conference tournament, which should be a lot of fun. By the way, Rocco Miller of Bracketeer.org, and he is great. You go back and look at his percentage of correctly, not only picking all the teams in the tournament, but in the past of where they'd be seated. And Rocco Miller is actually a consultant and works with college basketball programs across the country in helping them with scheduling prior to the start of the season. That's how dialed in he is. He He's very good. He joined us on three-man front yesterday. I asked him about Auburn and, and how much work there is left to do. It was his belief going into last night, just based on the bubble line and how it doesn't look that, that imposing, as in past years where, golly, there's a lot of good teams on that bubble line. Who's going to get in? He doesn't see it this year. He thinks it's relatively weak. It's a soft bubble and that last night, the win over Ole Miss punched the ticket for Auburn. He thinks they're securely in. So for an Auburn fan, and if Rocco Miller and his record holds true, you're going dancing. But I think Auburn can get at least one of the final three games left on their schedule. Uh, we will continue. Your thoughts, John and Huntsville, hang on. 800-239-WJOX. You can always text the show, 205-834-9450. Also, coming up next... Athletic Director Greg Byrne, University of Alabama, goes on the record answering 
I would say most of the questions you want answers to. That's next. It's Morning Jocks and Jocks 94.5. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. 6.29, it is Morning Jocks, Jocks 94.5. Landrum Roberts, Damian Mitchell. At Jocks Morning on Twitter, at Landrum Roberts, at Run DM in the number six. If you would like to interact with us there, you can text the show always on the Jocks text line, 205-834-9450. Fanboy text in says, Brandon Miller, NBA ready. Oh, yeah, been that. No doubt. No, no question. Career high last night, 41 points. Alabama gets the win in overtime against South Carolina. Uh, Josh texting in the show. Josh in Huntsville says Auburn will go one and two in the three-game stretch. I just won't, don't want them to be an eight or nine seed. War damn eagle. You don't want the eight, nine because the potential eight, nine, you win that game, then you're matched up with a number one as opposed to a seven, ten, and then potentially matched up with a number two. Interesting. John Mack, fighting Texas Aggie fan. Oh, boy. He says, Giggum, morning, gentlemen. Buzz and fighting Texas Aggies going from first four out to a five seed. Very possible. Congratulations to Buzz and all those fighting Texas Aggies. He also goes on to say, Bama will lose to Arky Saturday, and then the Aggies will beat the hell out of Bama March 4th. Aggies will be SEC champions. Oh, wow. Hmm. He says, oh, yeah, and Landrum, Buzz Williams is coach of the year. No team is playing better in America right now and has done what this team has done, going from bottom of the SEC on December 29th to win the conference. Congratulations. He had the date. I have been politicking for Buzz Williams back when Pat Smith was trying to get him fired just a couple of years ago. I was the one that said, no, give him time. He needs time. Yeah, same with Jimbo. He needs time. Like he told us on Monday, he needs time. Uh, when he's doing his his leg day and he's getting his squats in. 9.45. Quick turnarounds. He's not into that. Now, can that be detrimental to a team in the tournament? Yes, it can. We'll see if he can do it, though, because Texas A&M, you're going dancing, as opposed to last year. At least we don't get the dissertation. Also last night, you had Sanford. Nice win in the SoCon. They're going to try to close things out against Furman to be your regular season SoCon champions. They need to win the tournament to punch their ticket to March Madness, but Bucky Ball, alive and well there in Homewood. Also coming up tonight, UAB hosting Reich. Get that game 6.30 at Bartow Arena. 6 o'clock, the pregame on Jocks 2, 100.5. Voice of the Blazers, David Crane, Pat Smith, along for that broadcast as well. Also coming up tonight, 
in college basketball where last night you had Alabama, of course, over South Carolina in overtime. Houston, number one team in the country. They beat Tulane 89-59. We played it for you at the top. Part of our Thursday of thanks in Chestnut Hill. Boston College knocks off number six Virginia 63-48. And UConn playing better basketball. They knock off Providence, avenging a loss earlier in the season, 87-69, so an 18-point win for the Huskies. Coming up tonight in the top 25, number 21 Northwestern out of the Big Ten, taking on Illinois. Get that game at 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. At 9 o'clock, number 15 St. Mary's hosting Pacific. 10 o'clock on FS1 if you're still up. Number 4 UCLA. Mick Cronin thinks they should be a one seed. You can judge for yourself. They take on Utah they're in Salt Lake, and then on ESPN2, Gonzaga scores a lot of points, but sometimes can't defend the grandmother. Number 12 team in the country hosting San Diego. Again, 10 o'clock on ESPN2. Let's go to John in Huntsville before we head from Greg Byrne, what he had to say yesterday. John, welcome in. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Hope you're doing, doing well, well Great. Hey, let me ask y'all a question. Do you think this is one of the better foul shooting teams for Auburn that they've had in the yeah, it seems like it. It does. Um, I mean, about three years ago, they couldn't hit a foul shot for nothing. No, but they could score from everywhere else. This year, it's the opposite. It's the exact yeah. opposite. <laughs> well, that's my next point. How in the world, I know they're in the gym and they're practicing, how in the world can they get so cold from outside and still hit a foul shot? I know people are not in your face. You're not being guarded. But still, there's, there's an issue there with repetition. Um, it's like golf. Tempo on is the key in golf. You just don't get out there and hit it like a baseball. Right. It's tempo. And once I th- I felt like last night watching the game that they had got into that, especially towards the end of the game. First first part of the second half they got cold, but Broom came on and he got that. What do you say? You call it touch. Yeah, everything he was shooting was basically going in where the gold looks like it's twice in size. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you need to do a heat check on those guys. You just keep throwing it to them until they miss. So that's... I guess... Hey, one more question, Landrum. Yes, sir. What happened... Whatever happened to Scott Griffin? Scott Griffin? He's still around. Yeah. Yeah, he's still doing stuff. Um, he does okay. some stuff with, with high school football and television here locally and, and does some other things, but yeah, Scott, Scott's doing okay. Okay, great. I was just, just curious. Thank y'all. Y'all have a great day. You as well, John. You too, Thank you very much. We appreciate you listening there in Huntsville, Alabama. Greg Byrne, athletic director at Alabama. I know he joined the Paul Feinbaum show, but also yesterday he was on the ESPN college game day podcast with Reese Davis and also Pete Thamel. Greg Byrne opening up and being very transparent, trying to get things on the record first on Brandon Miller and what Greg Byrne and Alabama knew about his involvement. From the very first phone call early on that Sunday morning, the university and athletic department's primary objective has been to fully cooperate with law enforcement in this situation. The objective was stressed multiple times to every member of our basketball coaching staff and the team from the very beginning. I have personally heard Nate Oates remind the team multiple times. I have reminded the team. Our role in a criminal investigation is to support law enforcement, not to conduct our own investigation 
and not to interfere with their efforts. Although we're not investigators, we do have a duty to evaluate whether anyone involved in our program has violated the rules, policies, or standards of the university. We make that evaluation based on facts. We found out some new facts yesterday. We found out some new facts today. Here's what we know. Brandon Miller was not there for the verbal altercation. Brandon was already on his way to pick up Darius when Darius texted him. Brandon never left his vehicle and was not involved in the collection of the weapon. The shooting occurred just seconds after Brandon arrived. Brandon has been fully cooperating witness and is not a suspect. All right, so Greg Byrne laying out a lot right there about Brandon Miller, what Alabama knew, what they have learned about his involvement that tragic night that took the life of 23-year-old uh, Jamea Harris, and certainly sad, and that can't be lost in any of this. And 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 I and I hope that for everyone, it, it hasn't been. Surely not, right? Greg Byrne also, in a follow up, some of the new information that they learned as of yesterday, as of the day before. Here's more from the Alabama AD. So what the new information that we learned yesterday was there had been some text messages exchanged with with Brandon and Darius. And that information was news to me. I had not been told that before. And so that was that information. And then uh, we were able to receive some information since then about, about the text exchange that has not been out there publicly. For instance, Darius had been asking Brandon to come pick him up for close to an hour. He was his ride that evening. Brandon was already on his way to pick up Darius when he received the text message from him that was reported in the media yesterday. I didn't know that yesterday. I didn't. I, I found that out today. All right. So speaking of finding things out, we heard Nate Oates at the beginning of the show. He opened his press conference and very apologetically said no excuses, poor choice of words in what he said in the midday press conference, D, on Tuesday. Now, Greg Byrne, obviously was going to be asked about Nate Oates, his statement, even though he had walked it back, he had already apologized, and this is prior to last night's game, but the Alabama athletic director explaining what he thought about Nate Oates' statement and things moving forward. Yesterday, we began to hear some new things from the hearing, and Coach Oates had just come out of practice and did not have the information from the hearing when he was talking with the media directly after practice. He did not handle that in a way that he should have, we've addressed that with him. So, and with that, Coach Oates only has so much information as well. Only law enforcement knows all the facts of the situation. The rest of us are still learning things. Given the gravity of the situation and out of respect for the judicial judicial process, I'd urge everyone to defer to the facts provided by law enforcement rather than relying necessarily on social media or other snippets of information that lack context to form conclusions. Yeah, and, and that's why I certainly didn't want to get too deep into it yesterday because assumptions and, and speculating. And we look, what we do on a daily basis, we, we have to speculate. But some things, it's irresponsible to speculate. And that was a lot of, all right, what are the timelines? What does law enforcement know that hasn't been released, Damien, about when he got there, the timeline in between when shots were fired, when he arrived, why his car was positioned where it was, and some of those those texts that even Greg Byrne didn't know about, wasn't aware about, uh, aware of yesterday, the day before, and new evidence coming out. I think that's very important to remember uh, before we we start, you know, jumping and and of course, um, your 
you got to prove your innocence because you're just assumed to be guilty. More in the ESPN College Game Day podcast, Greg Byrne, Reese Davis, and also Pete Thamel. Is it your is it your assumption then that Brandon Miller did not read that text message uh, before? And if so, why do you why are you secure in that belief? I I, I didn't say that he didn't read it before. I w- what I said was that he had uh, received text messages from Darius over the course of an hour to ask him to come pick him up. And the, but the text message that was was released yesterday was sent when Brandon was on his way to pick him up, and it was already almost there. So, Greg, if I can intimate here, you're saying he was simply going to pick him up. He was not going to deliver the gun. He was he was going to pick him up. Um, Darius had been asking Brandon for over an hour to come pick him up. Okay. So, a little more information coming out about that. More from Commissioner, or excuse me, Athletic Director Greg Byrne on how the decision to play Brandon Miller came about. So, it was ongoing from from the get-go when when the incident happened. Uh, It was conversation between myself, Nate Oates, conversation with myself and the president. We have legal counsel involved for the university. Uh, we have uh, uh, our, our, our different offices within the university that are at least aware of it. Uh, and, and, and so we had normal conversations like we do for other issues. And, uh, and that information and was shared uh, collectively. And collectively, we decided that Brandon uh, was able to play. And finally, they're on the ESPN College Game Day podcast. Uh, Greg Byrne summing up when it comes to Brandon Miller and being remorseful about events that happened that tragic night. Has, has Brandon expressed some remorse for, you know, it may be unwittingly as he's claiming, but he was clearly part of a part of a tragedy. Just a, from from a human standpoint, I'm, I'm curious if, if you gleaned any emotion from where his standpoint is, Greg. Yeah, I, I know Brandon. I like Brandon. Um, I've been around him quite a bit. Um, he is, he is a, uh, obviously this has been very tough on him. Um, and, and, and his teammates, uh, everybody, obviously, uh, victim and, and, and her family. Um, so he certainly, uh, has, has had a, 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 a lot of emotion through this as you'd expect. All right. So Greg Byrne, more information coming out. Uh, that audio, once again, courtesy of our friends at ESPN and their College Game Day podcast with Reese Davis and also Pete Thamel. You want to weigh in on Alabama's win last night, the game coming up with Arkansas. Brandon Miller, career-high 41 points. Auburn, some believe they punched their ticket last night to the big dance with a four-point win over Ole Miss at home. You can weigh in. We'll get to the Jocks text line as well, 205-834-9450. It's a Thursday. We're morning Jocks in your home for, well, college football and everything else. Jocks 94.5. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Six forty-eight. It's my favorite time in the morning. Usually, it's just me and D. 
Not that not that there's anything wrong with that day. I don't want you to right. take that the wrong way. <laughs> no, you good. I love our bro time. But I love it when when other people start. <laughs> right. It's I like mean, a, Greg's here. He's looking all spry and chipper. Turn to the locker room real I quick. I think he did it. Yeah. I'm like okay. Like hey y'all. Wow. Like, good morning. Put a towel on. <laughs> not a hey. How you doing? They just walk in. Just start no it. commotion. Like, hey, ready to go. <laughs> Greg does his workout early in the morning too. He does. And gets he gets all those pistons firing. Allegedly. Love it. Well, no, I did mine this morning. You know I do. Big big cardio guy. Yes. I just I started. I tried to get back in it this week. I hadn't been back. Have you failed? Yeah, yeah. I've done it. Now once I'm in the mode where I feel guilty if I don't do it. So I just want to go ahead and knock it out. And so that's what I do. I wake up at usually around 4 a.m. Sometimes earlier. It's the distance. And then man. I'll have half a cup of coffee, earbuds in. I've got stuff on the TV, and then I'm hitting elliptical. And that's what I do. And then shower, and then come up here. And you feel like you've already. I mean, you're you're wide awake. And I drink a lot of coffee, uh, regardless. Jock's text line is is open. 205-834-9450. An array of texts coming in. Uh, Drake says, good morning, guys. Love the show. But what do you think about the new defensive coordinator hired by Billy Napier? Well, why y'all stealing coaches from Alabama, Drake? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yep. Austin Armstrong, that got lost in this. Austin Armstrong, who was a defensive coordinator there, at Southern Miss, Nick Saban hires him to be a linebackers coach. Billy Napier says, hey, why not just be a co-defensive coordinator down here in Gainesville? It's going to be a significant pay raise. So, uh, look, if Billy Napier's worked with Austin Armstrong before, Nick Saban obviously thought a lot about Austin Armstrong. So I, I think that Florida will be just fine. And on the surface, it looks like a good hire. But it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And what does that look like for Florida next season? Thank you, Drake. We always appreciate you. Uh, Jonathan texting in and says, no team has gotten more calls and shot more free throws than the Texas A&M Aggies. Greatest free throw disparity between them and their opponent in the country. Sorry, I have to try to sort through some of these these texts. Please don't text and drive. He says, check it. No, I I believe you. Texas A&M gets in line a lot. I didn't realize it it was that much, but a lot. Another text coming in. This is Tay from Birmingham, and he says, uh, what are the UAB projections for the NCAA tournament? Win the Conference USA tournament like they did last year. Just take care of business. Yep. And here's the good thing. You're going to be one of the top five teams based on standings. They got Rice tonight. UAB a 12.5-point favorite at home. Bartow, tip, 6.30. Airtime, 6 o'clock. Jocks, 2, 100.5. But win your tournament. And UAB's playing much better basketball, and I think they their position, they've already faced the toughest team in the league in FAU. And we saw what they were able to do against FAU. I think UAB just, they got the talent to do it, and they're playing good ball right now. So maybe the lull that they had came at a good time. Uh, Good morning. Another text coming in. Might just be me. It's hard to believe. The uppers at Alabama didn't know that there were texts or that Miller had some involvement with it. In parentheses, uh, says not saying he's guilty of anything, but surely they would talk to him or ask him what he was doing there considering his car got shot and Miller never told anyone that he delivered the gun to the other guy. Somehow that never got brought up until the other day. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Right. It, it might be hard for you to believe. I'm sure that there are skeptics out there. I've seen other texts that I'm not going to read um, that are out there. So, hey, you hold your own opinion. All of the details will come out. Law enforcement, trust them, doing their job. They still have details that they might not want to release right now or they haven't come up in a hearing like we got with the testimony of law enforcement 
uh, the other day in Tuscaloosa. Let's go to Brandon. Brandon in Leeds. Welcome into Morning Jocks. Hope you're doing well. Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. Um, just a quick question. I mean, I know that Greg Burns and NATO decided to play Brandon Miller uh, last night, but if there's more facts that come out in this case or, you know, things that come against him, what happens because they're actually playing him? Are they going to have to forfeit those games? No. I mean, what's the ramifications? And I'll hang up and listen. No, uh, Brandon, they wouldn't have to forfeit games. No, no NCAA violation, number one. Uh, has been made. No crime has been committed. And if you're just saying, and and right now he's not, he, he hasn't been charged with anything. Law enforcement, their due diligence, there's nothing to charge him with. And this is an incident that happened over a month ago. Um, and with all of the details that are out there, w- would it be a bad look? Yes, it is. I mean, to some people, it's still a bad look. And that that cloud is still going to hang over the Alabama program for the rest of the season, like it or not. How big that cloud is, how dark that cloud is, remains to be seen. But no, um, there would be there would be no repercussions. It would just be it would be a bad look. And heaven forbid, I hope that doesn't happen for a young man. I mean, Brandon Miller is still a young man. He's about to be a multi 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 millionaire when he goes to the NBA and signs that first contract. But he's a kid by all accounts. Comes from a good family out of the state of Tennessee. Um, so hopefully that won't happen. But no, there will be there will be no repercussions for Alabama uh, based on what we know right now. Uh, certainly not from the NCAA side. All right, uh, we continue. Sometimes we have to dip into the state of Florida. This is Florida Man. Did you know that I can see you? Oh, by the way, one of our jocks texters said, you don't want to mention Malik Neighbors, wide receiver from LSU, getting arrested. Okay, he got arrested. He's 19 years old. He will not face misdemeanor charges following his arrest in New Orleans on account of carrying an illegal weapon. It was not registered. State of Louisiana, you still have to register your firearm. Here in the state of Alabama, you do not. So if he was walking around during a Mardi Gras celebration in Mobile, Alabama, he would have been just fine and would not have been charged. But he's not going to face charges now anyways. And if he had, it would have been a misdemeanor. All right, clean that up. Quickly, a Florida man slept with a contact lens in for 40 minutes. People have done that before, right? Right. Uh, But he noticed that they were floating in his eyes, so he took them out. The inflammation and irritation did not subside, so he went to a doctor. He was misdiagnosed with herpes simplex 1. Excuse me? Yeah, you don't want to get misdiagnosed there. But then it's like, uh uh-oh, this could be worse. And you say worse? Free-living amoeba. Single-celled living organism found in his eye. Along blurred with vision didn't go away. Vision went away completely. He's now blind in an eye. God almighty. Try to have a great Thursday now. GMAX next. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. And it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a it's dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.